college football fans, welcome back to the college ball show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old college football. And as we know, we are in the the bowl season where anyone and everyone can make a bowl. If you're five and seven, I think there's there was multiple five and seven teams this year. I actually heard that they're thinking about going to make it seven and five instead of six and six. And when you look at the numbers there and, and how that would work out, kind of an interesting, uh, interesting thing there. But either way, um, we're not going to go heavy on the recap. I will say this, there has been a fair amount of uh, tight games uh, through all this. That's for sure. We just had a really entertaining game with Arkansas and Kansas. Arkansas won in third overtime, 55 to 53. But yeah, there, there hasn't been that that UTSA and Troy game, eighteen to twelve. Uh, um, just reading the scores, regardless, twenty four twenty, um, twenty four twenty three. That BYU SMU that was actually probably one of the most uh, that was one of the games that I watched from front to back, thirty five thirty two. Like, there's been some twenty one twenty nine that Toledo Liberty. I watched some of that too, a good chunk of that one. So there's been some tight games, um, but, you know, nothing to completely write home about as far as bowl season. We are now kicking into the more, uh, I mean, I hate to say meaningful bowl games, but, you know, some, some matchups that you're actually interested in. Um, and, and as we know, you know, breaking down the bowl stuff, you do have to, more than ever, have to really look at, at who tran- who's in the transfer portal, who's hurt, and who's opt out because they're going to go pro. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, like we were just talking, this Arkansas secondary we know has had problems all year long. And I believe I heard that all the secondary was out, whether it was injury or opt out or transfer. It was like, whoa, so they really suck. No wonder they had that comeback. But, yeah, we're going to break down – Starting tomorrow, Thursday, with my Gophers in Syracuse, Texas, Washington, Notre Dame, South Carolina, Tennessee, Clemson, Bama, KSU. And then, of course, you know, some other games, Tulane, USC, Penn State, Utah, some of the marquee matchups. But then we're going to definitely break down the uh, the semifinals. Of course, Georgia and Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Um I thought I heard Pittsburgh had all their captains out because they had transferred. I was like, damn, that's your captains? Holy shit, what's going on over there? But anyway, we will preview and predict what has, you know, some of these games coming up. Um, we won't predict the national champion tonight. We'll kind of let that happen and then be back next Monday uh, to break it all down. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there. If you don't want to, you can find this year's college ball show under Ropadope Radio on Apple Podcasts. I have Radio Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to Sports News 24 and the GruelingTruth.com. One more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord, or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99. They got a new deal 
that can save you fifty dollars uh, with the if you go with the choice package or above and buy the exclusive digital streaming device. They also still have that save uh, one hundred and sixty dollars over three months and enjoy HBO Max, Showtime, Stars, Epic, Cinemax. If you go with the choice package and above, there's no annual contracts, no hidden fees, direct TV stream. And, yes, that is different than just direct TV. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, the NFL package is out of there now. It's like, yep, that is true. Um, anyway, let's bring in Marshall, the co-host here. Um, now that the temperatures have gone up a little bit, we're actually – it's nighttime, and we're in the 30s. Looks like we're going to be uh, high in the 30s all week. It's nice to uh, get rid of that crazy cold front that affected a whole lot of people. Um, and for the people that didn't have power or, you know, hearing about a lot of the deaths uh, in Buffalo from all that snow and cold, uh, hopefully, you know, that, that you made it through there. That was pretty scary. But here we are in college football season. And uh, it can be a little tricky, you know, when it comes to to predicting these games, Marshall. Yeah, because you see stuff that coaches do that they normally don't, or players do stuff they normally don't, or the strategies kind of get thrown out the window. And, of course, that can affect your pocketbooks financially if you miss a bet, which is very painful and frustrating, uh, speaking from experience. But... Nonetheless, actually, this bowl season has been okay for me. I'm, I'm not. I, it's. I've had much, much worse. Uh, the, yesterday was a really, really bad day, but overall, I've been doing pretty well in the bowl season, so I'm not complaining too much. But yes, bowl seasons are. Um, you know, it, it's become a new thing, Chris. Especially like when we started doing this podcast eight, nine years ago, opting out of a bowl game really wasn't a thing. I mean, rarely you would see it. And you did have, like, the Willis McGahee knee injury. So people at that point were kind of like, you know, like, ah, God, it sucks to see a player, you know, lose his NFL career potential off an injury. But even shit, so when I was, like, in high school, 405 around there, graduated, it wasn't a thing. And as the sports become more popular and more people pay attention for gambling, it's become a bigger trend now. And especially this year, Chris, I feel like, and almost every bowl game I've listened to for a preview or we've seen covered, almost every player um, on a team has opted out. So I don't think well, Hold on, just, you got to rephrase that. You just said hurt. almost every player well, on every almost, team just sorry. opted out. Almost, almost every college football team that's played in a bowl game this year, a majority of them, have had players opt out, which is just – I feel it's becoming more of a thing, which the only reason it sucks being a college football fan – is there's been a handful of teams who've had like three to four very talented players opt out. Now, again, whether they're going into a transfer portal because they want to leave or they're looking in their NFL future. Um, but it's just, there's been a handful of games where it's like, man, on paper, this looked really good, but um, it's like, wow, well, this guy's out, this guy's out, this guy's out. It's just, I mean, I'm loving the bowl season, but it's just a dynamic that is just kind of become a little different, Chris. Yeah, I would say the transfer portal really plays into it more because, you know, every once in a while you'd have an op out here and there and, in the, like, if it was a really high draft pick and it was in a good bowl but not great bowl, but anything on New Year's, you generally wouldn't have it. I think the transfer portal adds a layer to that now 
um, that you're just they're just gone. They're not even on campus anymore. So the fact that a lot of those decisions would be made after the full season's done, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, that that is uh, the reality of it. But if you know, there are a, some some pretty good lists out there that that keep getting updated. So if you know, you know, if you're in the know and you you know you follow it, you can get a pretty good idea as far as at least who's opted out. I mean, injuries in college football are always going to be funky anyway. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's definitely – and like you said, I mean, I, a lot of people love from the sidelines to talk about all oh, this, all oh, that, but it's a business, you know. And, and True. It's a business for everybody else except players, I guess. A lot of people, uh, <laughs> you know, will talk about this and that, and it's like, well, I mean, there's a lot of money on the line, and you can't go for personal workouts all of a sudden if you get hurt. Um your, your stock is going to go down. So, I mean, you know, I, I just – it really doesn't – beyond, like, predicting and, and especially betting, that's the only thing that you really got to focus harder on than you used to. Uh, but it doesn't really – I don't know. I, I kind of try to not just look at it from an only a fan's perspective or a greedy perspective. I kind of just look at it like, hey, it is what it is. I do think we've talked about how the playoff going to 12, um, which signs are looking pretty good for that to actually happen in two years um, instead of waiting longer um, because there are contracts involved and all that. But I think that will help a, a fair amount because if you do have, you know, a shot at it, I think that'll help as far as the New Year's Day stuff. But then you will also have programs like, well, I can actually, you know, for experience, Minnesota Gophers, we're not playing in the big-time bowl or anything like that. Mo Ibrahim's playing. And uh, a guy who, you know, was one of the top centers in the whole country is playing as well. So you do – there is some of that out there, uh, but that's not the story to tell now. Um, And I don't think those guys should get special treatment either, you know what I mean, because – it is what it is. Everybody's got a different, you know, circumstance and all that. But yeah, you definitely got to own in on it, um, no doubt about it, because you'll be like, "Whoa, what, what the hell?" And and then, you know, when you have, you know, that like the air raid offense, there are some offenses or the option that if you get three weeks to to really focus on it, it's not as crazy as doing it week to week. That's another thing. There's just times where – because we've always had the letdowns where a big team that's usually a top ten team is playing in a mediocre bowl to them, and then all of a sudden that that team won't show up. A lot of people are kind of eyeballing that Kansas State and Alabama game, thinking, hey, Kansas State's going to be happy to be there, is Bama. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's always been certain factors, but I really think that transfer portal – uh, has made a big difference when it comes to that. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know. I still don't like the transfer portal after spring. I think they got to change that. I think that's kind of <laughs> bullshit because it's like, hey, man, you got to stick it out the year, dude. You know what I mean? If you Agreed. say you're going to stay, you're going to have to stay, dude. Um, and I think that's part of this tweaking stuff. You know, I think that they're going to say, okay, we've done it for a little bit now. 
and they they have tweaked some of this stuff, but I think that they'll you know they'll they'll make some decisions on that. And like I said, they're already really thinking hard about cutting down on the polls in general, which I think uh, I think is a good idea, even though you know most of them do a pretty decent rating or a big rating, uh, regardless. But let's shut that up. Um, and let's get into this. So tomorrow night, Syracuse, Minnesota. Syracuse has a, 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 their, you know, go-to running back. I know their their quarterback is going to be back, but their go-to running back, a couple other, like a, I think a linebacker that's important in an off of their best offensive lineman out. Uh, it opened at like seven and a half, seven, and it's up to eleven. Um, that's just from a Minnesota perspective. Um, so I, I do think the Gophers win that one. But we have Oklahoma, Florida State. Florida State uh, really turning around the program this year. It feels like now that they had their quarterback for next year, too, who had a damn good year, you know, we've always said that their offensive line was always the issue in these last five, six years. And it, it does look like they're making strides there. We got an interesting game with Texas and Washington. And here we find Texas the three-point favorite. Um, we'll see how that goes. It seems like they're always overvalued. Um, Notre Dame, South Carolina. That's pretty interesting. South Carolina finished on such a great note. But I think two out of the top three receivers, they got the quarterback on the back. He's going to play at least. But then, you know, um, I think two out of their top three running back or wide receivers are out. So that's going to be kind of funky. Tennessee Clemson, uh, neither guy has their quarterback that they started with. Um, one got hurt, as we know, Hooker, who was having a great year. And then DJ transferred to Oregon State, I believe, which I think that's an interesting fit there. That might be on some uh, – Well, they like to run the ball, and he doesn't have to pass as much. <laughs> yeah, it might be a, a better system fit. True. Um, yeah, I think that might be interesting. Um, but anyway – uh, Clemson has the advantage there just off their quarterback because Tennessee, their backup's nowhere near as good. I talked about the Alabama-Kansas State. Um, there are some other, you know, bowl games that we'll get to as well. But uh, out of the next couple of days, which one, you know, are you are you kind of looking at going on? Oh, that should be interesting. Beyond, of course, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan TCU. I To give – and not that this is a school that you and I definitely rep, and I know you definitely don't like them in Florida State, but to give Florida State credit, if they beat Oklahoma, which I think they will, that's a 10-win season. And Florida State really, for the most part, has always been a pretty consistently good football school since I've been alive. For the last six, seven years, they've really been pretty garbage and never been able to find a good head coach. They've kind of been on that head coach revolving door deal. Uh, that Mike Norvell came from Memphis, but I, I got to give him credit. Like this is a school that was struggling to recruit, was kind of being the, the laughing stock of them, Miami and uh, Florida Gators. So it, it honestly surprised me that Florida State could be a ten and three team. They're ranked thirteenth. Um, again, I think they'll beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been a pretty shit team all year. So um, I think that'll be a, a fun game to see. Uh, Florida State is a nine and a half point favorite, but that should be kind of an, a funner offensive style based game and um again Notre Dame South Carolina again if we have enough players in um South Carolina Chris had glimpses of they had some of the best wins in college football this year 
like they 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 finished the year really hot. So and Notre Dame had glimpses of this year where they were either playing really good football or taking took a kind of took took a nap. But I'm sure you know Notre Dame they normally always do pretty well in bowl games. They're not in the college football playoff. They don't have to worry about playing Bama as a 22 point favorite. So I would say that um yeah that uh excuse me that Florida State Oklahoma should be a fun one from an offensive perspective and that um, South Carolina, who, again, at glimpses this year, had some of the best ones of the season, plays Notre Dame. That should be a pretty enjoyable game. Tennessee-Clemson on paper looks really enticing. Um, it's just, you know, who whose backup is better? Because, uh, you know, both those teams have talented players on both sides of the football. Well, speaking of Notre Dame, there's a heavy, heavy rumor in the transfer portal about what would be a pretty big land in Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I saw that. You're right. And obviously, you know, I'm not talking about him like he's going to play in this game, but that would be a pretty big hit uh, for, for Notre Dame. It's kind of weird that, that – I think that's actually happening because – the guy who like stepped up that pain or whatever or pan or whatever the hell he is, the last chunk of games where he really started stepping up because their first guy it's got pain. hurt. Yeah, yeah pain or pain or pine, yeah. Their first guy got hurt and people are kinda in between on that guy. That guy transferred, so I was always like, Huh, that's weird. It feels like they just started finding something with this guy, but if that's true, that would be a big lamb there. Uh but you're right, the way source I mean South Carolina, it's it's man, they had a tale of two different seasons. It's it's crazy how they closed. And sure, you could say, well, they beat that team when it was a little, you know, sputtering or whatever. But nobody would have thought that they closed like you that. could that, argue. That was, you could argue them beating Tennessee was the game of the year, just from like a strictly a, an upset standpoint or a game that like shocked you the most. Like Tennessee was two wins away from going to the college football playoff. And Spencer Rattler had one of the best stat lines of the year. He did like, it was probably like 35 yeah. out of 43 and had like five touchdowns. And I know Hendon Hooker got hurt in that game, but even when he got hurt, Tennessee was down 14 or 20. So that South Carolina team, man, they had some, some crazy ass moments. <laughs> and again, mind you, Chris. Yeah. Cause he played like, a lot. He played, he, I'm looking at it right now. He played, <laughs> he had 42 uh, pass attempts. So it's not like you got hurt in the first quarter. Yeah, uh, but mind you, again, South Carolina was a school who, when we were doing our podcast last year, had to use a coach on their coaching staff to play quarterback the third game of the year last year. So you go from a, a, a coaching staff guy running the offense for your team, no lie, guess he had eligibility, <laughs> um, to now you had one of the better ones of the whole season, so... That's a that's a hell of an accomplishment too. <laughs> yeah, and luckily I, I don't they know had any, that. Has any uh, Minnesota Golden Gopher head coach, uh, assistant coach, ever ran the offense in in your time as a Gopher fan? Well, I can almost guarantee back in the day it used to happen, but no, and not since I've been around. Well, not only that, but it would have been illegal up until recently because you're True. taking money. You can't have an extra job. You can't yeah. have a job. True. You know, so you're that right. would have been illegal. Um, so the, otherwise that wouldn't have worked, man. <laughs> he would have had to give up his income, you know, <laughs> and he's like, ah, I'm good. We'll just use our punter. Um, 
But yeah, I, uh, I, I do think there's some interesting games. Um, man, I wonder if that Notre Dame quarterback will be back now or was he done for the season? Uh, the one that originally got hurt. But anyway, um, I do like Clemson just to kind of get into the ones we're actually going to pre- predict. Um, I do like Clemson and Tennessee. Uh, in that game, I like Clemson in that game. I think that's a. I think they're going to get that game. Um, the fit with that younger quarterback, it just any time he got in there, it just seemed to click better, um, and, and whatnot. I'm really kind of stuck on that South Carolina Notre Dame, um, just because some of the you know a decent amount of the weapons are gone for him to throw to. I don't know. I'm kind of. I think Notre Dame's going to win, but it is basically a pick'em type game. Um, what do you think about this Bama Kansas State game? Because here we are. It's six and a half points in a normal Bama. No matter what, I mean, even at ten and two, Bama would more than likely be a double digit, you know, favorite here. Of course, Kansas State closed the season well, got ten wins, won. The Big 12 people who are kind of a couple weeks later, some people are like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I kind of forgot that happened. Um, what says you about this one? Because obviously, you know, if you look at Bama has actually, uh, you can tell they're going for it because they brought in the most transfers I think they've brought in. Now, they've lost some guys, too. They actually, their best, their best offensive lineman went to Miami beyond the guy who's going pro. Um so you can really tell the desperation. Saban is like, nope, I'm going to fill in some of this stuff with proven guys, but those guys aren't playing. So I am wondering, you got to wonder, you know, if the QB is going to play. I don't think he is going to, but I, I, I haven't gotten a final on that one. But just in general, based off, you know, the old saying of which team wants to be there and which team thinks this is a big deal still, and obviously, even though at 10 and 2, and they've gone, they've had 10 wins for 15 straight years uh, for all the Bama haters that now have been really piling on them for, I think, a, a little over the top reason. But what says you about this matchup? Because it does kind of feel like, hey, this might be, um, you know, a, a spot where they're screwed. I mean, they lost, I think, both of their tackles. Um, did Alabama. They got a lot of guys transferring or saying, ah, I'm going to, well, they actually, I'm looking at it right now. They don't have, a, they don't have many opouts. So we assume the, the stud quarterback is going to play. Um, but maybe it'll be just like, Oh, bang, you know what? We're only going to play him a little bit. Where do you think the mentality for Bama's coming in here? Obviously Saban will probably be, on the rest right now because he knows there's a little fire under him right now. Not that he'd lose his job, but just in general, Bama's gotten a lot of, uh, you know, they've gotten a lot of heat this year because they were 10 and 2 and didn't get to the SEC championship game. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I think with Bama, but speaking of opt outs, you would assume that, uh, Bryce Young, why is he playing? Like, that kind of surprised me that some of Bama's best players actually want to play in the bowl game. So, yeah, I don't you know, I see hope... one op out on this list I'm yeah. looking at. I, I I know, and again, so from that perspective, I guess maybe there is the the motivational angle of okay, okay, well, hell, let's you know, let's let's compete in this game because normally, um, 
but he can't blame for Bama. Um, this is a school that especially for young dude, you know, he's yeah, gonna be a high pick. And I really, I really hope that he he has a enjoyable game and plays well and doesn't get hurt because Matt Corral was in the same situation last year. He's like, fuck it, I, I've been an old Miss forever. I'm playing with my boys. Like that's how I want to go out. And there's something to be said for that, where you are risking the injury. And Corral did get hurt in that game. Like he ended up get, being drafted still, but you know he was kind of banged up this rookie year of the NFL too. So you hope that he by him playing, doing the right thing, that the sport gods and the karma gods. Let him play a healthy game because you want to see uh, you want to see guys compete at their best level. But the fact that he's in there playing and uh, some of his other teammates are who are also future NFL picks, I think that kind of goes to show the mindset of Bama. Um, now you're playing a team who their only losses this year, Chris, were to uh, T- uh, to TCU and to Tulane. Like you know, so on paper. This is a good ass football game. Uh, I, I you you would assume that Bama is the um, is the better team, uh, but I, damn, I, you know, brother, I I I would I would take Saban just because if if all of his boys are in, I think they could you know outmanage K State. Um, but this this should be this would be on the top of my three to watch because I think we could get a fun game. With that being said, when did Alabama ever look really great this year? It's probably a fair question, Chris. Because they're not in the bowl, they're not in the bowl game because they're the couple of the big games they had they lost. And yeah, this was, but, but this know, was man. a game where like Bama they weren't. Now we hold them to a high standard, but that Bama game against Texas wasn't the regular Bama standards. That Bama game against. Um, Old Miss, they won, but it was, you know, this has been a really good team, but not the highest Bama standard team. So, I mean, if K-State would ever have a chance to beat them, you know, this is probably I don't think they look bad is my no. what I would take. When you say when did they really look good, well, they, I mean, they they literally lost two games by a total of four points. One on a, on a buzzer beater kick and one in overtime. So, did they, they look great a bunch? No, but they, they never looked bad to me. They definitely didn't. They definitely showed up to play against Tennessee and LSU. They just got beat. Yeah. Um, you know. But we kind of knew going in that that the uh, that's what's crazy, dude. The defense and offensive line was not normal. It was not the normal Bama stuff. The wide receivers weren't what we were normally, you know, to their to your point. You know, the standards are high, obviously, especially at wide receiver. And, uh, you know, that was lower than it normally was. You kind of saw that in general. But, um, and now, literally, I think they have like three guys gone on their offensive line, but the offensive line that wasn't awesome. So it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't pick Kansas State straight up, but I, I do kind of feel like, I wish it was like nine and a half or something like that. You know what I mean? Cause six yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I think Bama can win seven if they, if you know, they're obviously motivated, like you said. So I like Bama to cover. I, I'm, I'm joining you there, my friend. I'm joining you. But normally that would be a this would, that would be a spot. It really feels like that would be a spot uh, that you know 
things could go haywire. Do you think Clemson is going to beat Tennessee then? I never heard. Uh, um, I have not picked Dabo to win a game all year, and I will not start that trend tonight, sir. Uh, Rocky Top, Tennessee, baby. Rocky Top, go Vols. I will gladly be taking the uh, Tennessee Volunteers to beat Clemson. Well, as long as you don't call Dabo a pretty good coach, um, you know, instead of an elite coach, that's fine with me. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair, and I like how you put it out there, too. Like, you straight up, here's the deal. I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? Rather than, <laughs> I haven't done you know, it yet. I ain't going to start it up now. Other friend. Exactly. Yep. We don't sugarcoat here. No, uh, sir. The college ball show. Uh, Kentucky, Iowa, that looks like a spring game if you look at the opouts and transfers on the both over sides. Under I have. Is 31 points. So is that the lowest now? Because yes, because I believe. 32? I think Gophers, Iowa had it earlier yeah. this year. Right now it's 31. Yep. Yes. And I'm going under. I think I feel comfortable about the under there because. Like I said, Iowa couldn't move the damn ball, period. And, you know, even with their starter, and he's gone. Both their quarterbacks from the last couple of years are gone. Um, I know they got uh, McAmara from uh, Michigan. He's moving in this year. But, yeah, that uh, – that I don't know, man. That, they're going to run the hell out of the ball is what's going to happen there. Tulane, USC, Tulane coming in hot, piping hot. Um, you know, to not win many games and turn around and win a quality uh, non-Power 5 um, conference game, that was pretty big. Uh, USC had, it was one of those teams that were knocking <sighs> at the door, and they ended up dropping it uh, at the very end. They're only two-point favorites. It's the Cotton Bowl, for Christ's sakes. They can't uh, tackle. Yeah, that, I mean – it's not like the Pro Bowl this year, right? We're not going to be doing flag football or nothing like that. They can't tackle, that is for sure. Um, but yeah, well, we're going to find out. We're going to find. I think that I think they're going to win the game, though. But but once again, it, it's one of those things where you're like, Tulane. This means a lot more for Tulane, even though USC hasn't been that great in these last chunk of years. They did win a Rose Bowl in there, you know, in a pack. 12th title, but other than that, they weren't that great until this year. They they started really turning the corner, but I mean, they got a stud quarterback, obviously, um, and a lot of weapons and all that, but like you said, the defense is horrible, and what a way to cap this season, you know, it would be a great, great way um, for Tulane. I don't know. This is this has got upset written on it, I think, and I, and I, I feel like... Uh, Obviously, it's not like it's a secret, only a two-point favorite if you look talent for talent. Well, ESPN says I can get a ticket for $6. If I can get into this game for $6, I, wow. I am walking into Cowboy Stadium, and I'm paying – I'll glad I'll send the nosebleeds there, which I've done for a Cowboy playoff game. And I'll watch buy a my, ticket and won't even go, dude. Uh, I just, uh, I mean, uh, that's a pretty good deal. Well, if you want to buy mine, then you can just you know send. That'd be very nice of you, friend. I appreciate it. Um, I, hell, that 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 should be a fun ass game. Uh, Caleb Williams' leg is healthy. They say he's going to play. Um, you know that USC can score, and you know their defense is going to miss a lot of tackles. Therefore, um, Tulane's going to score. And Tulane, hell, uh, another team. I've been kind of talking about good stories this year. Uh, last year, Tulane won either two or three games. This year they won their freaking conference title championship. 
Like, holy shit. Caleb Williams he, is out, too, I forgot to say. I, I heard reports that he's going to try and give it a go. Okay. Well, oh, I heard uh, Jordan Addison's injured right now. They actually got a decent amount of people injured now that I look at oh. it. Yeah, but well, I thought that too. But I'm looking at this list. Hmm. But it could maybe it wasn't updated, you know, recently. Okay, so he will. But even if Williams doesn't play, it should be a fun game. And and six dollars to get in the door for this game is a, a, a hell of a bargain. It's a new. I'll have to have an early basketball practice Monday morning because I would love to go watch that team play. So, um, if Kayla will be William plays, I'll take USC. I just think it'll be a really fun shootout type game. Um, but if Williams happens to sit out, I, I guess we haven't really seen USC's backup at all this whole year. Uh, so that that one maybe wait to see the final report on that. But that should be a, you're right, a fun as hell football game to watch. And Tulane, man, they, they've you go from uh, a two to three win year to winning your conference championship. That's that's a remarkable job done by their coaching staff. And neither of them are very good at stopping the run. Going back to those tackles. So, um, or non-tackles, maybe I should say. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But like you said, I, I think that's a good game uh, in general. Sadly, the game before that being played, Chris, an hour yeah. before, um, from from one of the best soundbite college football true blood coaches of all time, um, I'll, I'll give Mississippi State credit. We're obviously talking about Mike Leach. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, um he passed away. Got it. Probably would have been the week after our last podcast around that time. Um, you know, I end up hearing there were uh, uh, stories that he'd been um, suffering with pneumonia throughout the season, and oh, wow. it's one of those things where you know those college football guys like literally they live, breathe, and die their job. Like the they work were a to, ton of hours. They were if you were really to hear do. like the amount of times that Nick Saban's probably slept in his office in Tuscaloosa, like these guys, not just him, but those guys were. Upon hours, upon hours, it's their, it becomes their life. Um, but yeah, I heard he battled some reports of pneumonia and didn't want to stop because he was obviously in the middle of the season. And I think maybe that was something that led up to the heart attack. Um, but I mean, to lose one of the best soundbite, um, offensive minded coaches of all time was very sad. Um, you probably saw that on ESPN over the last uh, handful of, of weeks. Um, but hey, to give the team credit, um, they're honoring and respecting him. Um, from a, just strictly from a, like a gambling standpoint, I, you know, just to make light of it, you'd assume you're going to have a very inspired Mississippi state team. Um, you're going to be playing for the coach. Uh, maybe they'll have some type of presentation. I'm assuming they'll have some Jersey patch on him on their jerseys for him. I think that's a really cool, um, way to honor him. Um, I'm obviously not a Mississippi state guy. I don't know any inside information, but, um, yeah. I believe I heard Chris that they they gave them they gave the players the choice and they said hey let's try and go win this game for the coach so Illinois you're kind of just the bad man there like obviously I'm sure most of America is going to be cheering for Mississippi State to win now obviously Illinois did not cause any harm to Mike Leach so they got they, they want to try to win too but um, that'll probably be a little bit of an emotional game um, but again kudos to them for playing hopefully they can honor their coach and have a, a great effort and again that'll be kind of maybe a, a tearful bowl game. Uh, but hopefully that I'm, I'm just going to pick Mississippi state. I think that'd be kind of a cool way to honor their coach and hopefully they can finish here on a high note. And I will say this, Chris, out of all the craziness that we've always seen in all sports, I can't recall too many times where like, man, coaches get fired and people leave and people retire. But um, to have a situation like they had occur again, you just hope that 
the the players go out there, they have fun. But man, to lose your coach like that in the middle of the season is such a rare occasion. That's uh, probably a, a, a quite an emotional locker room when they lead up to kickoff for that game, my friend. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is pretty crazy, man. No doubt about it. The fact I didn't realize he was battling it for that long, man. Yeah, I, I, during the yeah. season, that's pretty scary too. Because I, obviously, what? we know how serious that thing that you can obviously go to the hospital and, and pass from it in general, just getting it once in, in a, a couple of days later. But for him to be battling it through, you know, in the season, and his, mm-hmm. his body just unfortunately just uh, gave out. But yeah, man, he's definitely uh, you know will be missed, no doubt about it. And in Illinois, Chase Brown. They have some some of their major guys out. So either way, I, I'm with you on the uh, Mississippi State. Um, oh, the stud has, running backs taking the game off. Yep. Okay. Chase Brown. Yep. Well, that's huge because that guy's good. Yeah, and you know, down the stretch of this season, he was pretty banged up. So I'm pretty sure he's just like, I'm good. You know, that there's just silly for me to play. So yeah, yep. That is yeah, because once once he left, they were a different team. Um, so yeah, I, I think Mississippi State will win that. They they got a good team, Mississippi State. They're pretty solid. Um, LSU Purdue. I know both these rosters are pretty banged up. Purdue's quarterback transferred. Forgot where he went. Um, so that could go. I mean, I don't know. I think the fourteen and a half is pretty crazy. You know, on the surface, I think it's like yes. wow, really. So, but. Is it God? Is it both quarterbacks for Purdue? Because that would make a difference. Let me check really quick. Because well, otherwise, Purdue, Purdue lost their head coach too, which right. Brown was that you know he, he was a corner piece for that school for quite a while. Right, but you know the offense still is in place. So I mean, true. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, but yeah, it does look like they have a fair amount of injuries. I'm looking at it right now in opouts, not just uh, the O'Connell. Uh, but I, I still look at that because they LSU has a lot of guys out, and I I think I a while back I I, I saw a press conference and he was saying we're going to play a lot of young, um, so LSU is going to play a, young, a lot of young players, and that's no secret with bowl season anyway. You try to do that anyway. We talk about the bowl practices usually get about fourteen of them, and this is for the youth for next year and, and whatnot. Even the Gophers, you know. They have their quarterback, Morgan. He may play. He may not. He may get in there and take a snap. I don't. We don't really know how they're going to handle it. Um, but you think that he's going to play a little bit? But you know, they, he was hurt. But then they kind of passed the torch already to a, a redshirt freshman who, against Wisconsin, threw for 300 yards. And um, you know, nowadays in the NFL and in college, 300 yards isn't crazy. But Anyone that watches the Minnesota Gophers or any kind of Big Ten like Iowa, Wisconsin, we run the shit out of the ball. So throwing for 300 is a big deal uh, against Wisconsin, who's still got a pretty damn good defense. Penn State, Utah. Utah favored two and a half, obviously coming off, um, you know, a high in that game. Um, how do you see this one playing out? And um, I'm going to have to check. God, I can't remember if their quarterback's out. See, this is – I don't think – I think their quarterback's playing his last uh, his last game. I don't think he's up and out. Um, but they do have 
two, Joey Porter Jr., who was kind of on and off this year a little bit. He was hurt, but he's good. And then Parker Washington is opt-out as well. So I think those are, you know, some pretty key uh, places there. Um, how do you see that one going down? Because that, you know, that's an interesting game. Styles make fights, like we say. And I think that should be a good game. Both both teams uh, aren't, like, spoiled or anything like that. So I think they'll be looking to, to win this game. Yeah, and speaking of quarterbacks. And I know uh, where you're going on this one because of the head coach, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there, there's a couple teams I never choose, but we'll, we'll get to Utah talk first. Um, this is Cam Rising's last game. That dude's had a, a, a hell of a damn good run at um, at a Utah, Chris. That, that guy's won a lot of games there. And another fun fact is that Whittingham is a great bowl coach. Like that um, Dana Holgerson at, uh, was at Houston now. He, he was able to win again this year. He's like three and nine. You know, some coaches have good oh, yeah, game records yeah. and yep. some don't. Like actually, Mike Leach, that was one. I don't think he cared that much because his bowl game records were never quite indicative of the coach he was. But Whittingham at Utah actually has a tremendous bowl record. And Utah's probably a little pissed off from how last year they kind of played Ohio State. Ohio State kind of teed off on them. So you'd expect you to get a, a really good effort from Utah. Um, I have not heard of many opt-outs for their standpoint that I'm aware of. Um, so I'm going to definitely take Utah. Um, also with my rules of, I don't ever pick Dabba Sweeney on this show. I also never pick Penn state cause I'm not a James Franklin guy. So I'll be taking Utah minus two and a half. I hope they win. Um, but that should be right. A very fun game. Penn state. Um, they actually, they, they quietly had a really damn good season. They weren't Ohio state or Michigan in the big 10 this year, but you went 10 and two, you won the games you're supposed to like that was a legit season. So, uh, I just think Whittingham has a bit of an edge there. And, I, again, I think Utah doesn't want to have another one slip away um, like they did last year with Ohio State that bowl game. I think they may be a, a revenge angle against the Big Ten, you could say. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's kind of interesting. Let's get to some of these, uh, well, the two big ones especially. Number one, Georgia, 13-0 versus 11-1. Number four, Ohio State. Um, the way it looked down the stretch, it seemed like Ohio State in that last eight to ten minutes of that game against Michigan, when they Michigan just opened the floodgates on them, um, it did kind of seem like, well, they're out. We thought, uh, you know, we thought some teams were going to make it uh, just in general, and, and it didn't happen, obviously. Um, and so, boom, Ohio State's in, and. Uh, you know, Georgia, you know, they, they weren't dominant this year per se, but they had a damn good year. They, they still got through undefeated. Uh, they didn't necessarily have a bunch of marquee matchups that they had to go with, but they, you know, when they, they did shut down Tennessee pretty well considering the juggernaut of offense, that and that was when they were hot too. Um so, you know, we know that they lost so much talent on the defensive side. You know, just because it's not single digits doesn't mean they don't have a damn good defense. I mean, they're still only giving up 77 yards uh, rushing, which is which is crazy, especially in college. Um, LS, you know, they got up on LSU early. LSU kind of hung around enough to make it respectable, but um, – they had some tight games. Kentucky 16 to 6. We know that Missouri game, uh, the Tennessee game, 
wouldn't really call it a super tight game because you never really felt like, hey, they got a chance here. They kept some teams, even Florida, maybe in there too long, but then they they wiped them out pretty good. Um, their best performance beyond Tennessee probably was that Oregon, just because 49-3, to they got them down and just kicked the snot out of them after that because um, Florida was in that game a little bit. But they do, even though they lost a lot of talent, Marshall, they still have some key pieces back. Uh, you know, a, a guy, a very experienced guy in Stetson Bennett, you know, at, at the um, quarterback position. Um, what do you think here? Because the Buckeyes, you know, if their defense, it, it really comes down to can they not get gashed for 250 to over 300 yards rushing? That's really what I think this game comes down to. And when you get a couple of weeks to game plan, part of me thinks, hey, don't count Ohio State out of this one because they have the talent to win this game. Uh, the the, the freaking, uh, what is it, still six and a half? The spread hasn't gone anywhere, but it's just hard to think, well, Michigan beat them by wearing them down in the run game, and then popped off with explosive late. Well, that's exactly what Georgia wants to do, right? I just – I I'm still surprised, Chris, that the point spread is what this is. I mean, yes, Ohio State did have a good year, but who in the Big Ten really pushed them to play a competitive game besides Michigan? And when they played Michigan, who is the higher level of school like Georgia's, Michigan did whoop their ass at home in the second half. And so, I mean, yeah, Ohio State's numbers look good, but, like, you you beat up, like, Rutgers and Maryland and, and Michigan State. Like, I just think if you're looking to compare, like, apples to apples, like, okay, so Ohio State played Michigan and lost, and I think Georgia's better than Michigan. And I, I just don't quite get why this spread is still six and a half. Like, Georgia, and albeit Georgia's side of the Big East is not the hardest either, but, you know, I, I just think Georgia's a better football team. And just the fact that this spread has stayed under seven for, like, the last two weeks now, it just has me surprised. I fear this is going to be, like, an eight- to a nine-point spread. And the six-and-a-half tells me that clearly people are in disagreement with me that think Ohio State has a chance. But And maybe I'm being stubborn for – I can't get that Michigan game out of my head, Chris. Like well, they, they definitely have a chance. But yeah, I hear. No, yeah, no, they, they, you're right. They, this, I'm not calling for a. They're going to be motivated. That's for damn sure. Because of that last 10 minutes of that game, man. Or eight minutes. However, you know, those two long, like 60 plus yards of Edwards in the last eight minutes were ridiculous. I, yeah, I just, in my head, I just think that George is a better team. And I just think they're going to take care of business and have like kind of like a, a 14 to 17 point win. I just, I don't know, I, I'm just, I can't believe the spread. For all the love that Georgia did get this year, which they deserve, because they, I think they mostly agree the best team in the country this year. Why, I don't know, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Georgia to win by two touchdowns, um, and I think they get the job done. Uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. I, I just think they're a better team. And I just think they'll show up when it matters. And defensively, even though Georgia did lose a lot of pro talent this past year, um, that defense is still not bad. 
numerically it's not quite what the defense was last year, but it, Georgia's defense is still one of the better. It's defenses. one of the best. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, it's way better than not bad. That's yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, I think that the, the, the social media trend this year to when the year started was, oh man, is Georgia's defense going to rival last year's? Well, maybe they did not statistically, but for this year alone with the other caliber teams they're playing against, yeah, the defense is still pretty damn elite. Um, yeah, they so, got to play, you know, some high, maybe not great teams, but some high-powered offenses, you know. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, they definitely did good there. I uh, I don't think it's going to be two touchdowns, but I, I would say somewhere in between the spread and that. But I like Georgia as well. But don't enough. sleep on Don't sleep. Let, let's say if this was nine and a half or even more, ten or something, I may go with Ohio State to cover. Um because there, it's something about having a second chance and putting your best foot forward when you knew you didn't down the stretch. I don't know. It just it does. They they Michigan and Georgia mimic each other on offense so much of what they want to do and how their whole foundation of their programs built. So yeah, man, it, it you know it's tough to get that out of your head because it's literally you know a replica on offense. It's just like, yeah, dude, they're going to try to grind you. And uh, it'll be up to, can they make those tackles? And, and, and you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And that leaves us with the other Final Four matchup, which is Michigan-TCU. Um, hey, for TCU, like, no one saw this one coming. Um, there were some people like the ESPN, like the Stanford, Stephen, the Bear, whatever. They, I remember them doing a prediction saying, "Hey, I think the TCU or K State could win the Big Twelve this year." And hey, that was a pretty smart pick by those guys. I wish I would have followed financially, but I don't. I don't think many people in Fort Worth, even if they were happy with the Sonny Dykes uh, head coaching hire and Max Duggan as a good quarterback, saw TCU making it to the Final Four. Now again, I was just kind of saying I don't think Ohio State can win because how. Michigan whooped up on them. Uh, I got to give Michigan credit because one thing Michigan does really well, Chris, and this is going to be the part that I'm sure you and I know and the rest of the world knows and the sport gamblers know and ESPN knows, is Michigan runs the ball very well and they're a physical team. That was something they tried to work on to finally beat Ohio State, and that's something they've improved on immensely, as you can tell. Um, How does TCU's defense – slow down a team who, again, if you can run the ball down Ohio State's throw it and everyone else, and there are, I would say, at least a handful of schools in the Big Ten have better defense than TCU, Chris. What what does TCU do to give themselves a chance in this game? I, and I just think, I say that because if Michigan runs the ball at will and, and kind of plays their physical style, I think, and I hate saying this because TCU's had a hell of a year, I think TCU could be in for a long day because if you, if you had the momentum – uh, Michigan could have from running the ball and you maybe make Max Duggan work a bit more. Um, I just think this is a, a tough matchup for TCU style. I think a TCU Alabama or a TCU Tennessee game would have been a lot of fun. I think TCU Michigan is a very tough stylistic matchup for the Horned Frogs from Fort Worth. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw it in both of the the Kansas State games we know you know of course they won the first one but they were down what eighteen points or whatever, eight. seventeen mm-hmm. eighteen so 
yeah, I think the style – and then you could say, well, they did a pretty good job uh, against Texas, right, who wants to run the shit out of the ball. But as we know, they don't have the defense, um, nor at this point in time the talent uh, that Michigan has either. So, um, yeah, I think they'll win cleanly. But the one thing about – well, first of all, TCU is going to be pretty pissed off. They just lost, right? Sure, so yeah. There's going to be something there. But also um, – they they'll keep. I mean, they didn't lose by much, right? So they'll keep the the game close, and so that combination with Michigan and the way they they were in a, a fair amount of close games until somewhere in the third or fourth quarter. A lot of them, actually. I mean, not a lot because there's only you know 13 games, but like. Uh, in a fair amount. I mean, there's there's teams that play. I mean, Penn State was up on them at half. Ohio State was right with them at half. Shit, even the Rutgers game looked like it's what? Let me look at it, 52 to 17. But it actually wasn't It wasn't crazy, you know. Um, Iowa, Maryland was right there with them. So that, my point is, um, and actually Michigan State, for a while now I think about it but my point is they do literally grind you down and they don't necessarily jump on people um so I I wouldn't doubt if it does take till well into the third quarter where they can get enough separation where they're maybe up double digits but yeah I like Michigan uh to get the job done and have a Michigan and Georgia you know in the uh in the championship game my friend yeah, so again, just um, wow, and that spreads down to seven and a half, man. Um, so let me ask you, Chris, if if you're TCU, do you think you just kind of go with the with the sling it at? I mean, I, I guess why would you want to change something? It's just in the back of my head, I'm thinking TCU was in a lot of uh, close games this year with teams that you know they probably should have blown out. I, I I would love to see what type of defense the plan are going to come up with. Just because I feel like we're going to watch, turn that game on, and it's going to be like a Michigan 13 play drive with like 10 runs. And I just, I'd be, I'll be really curious to see how TCU tries to combat that. I just think that, again, of the four teams playing in the Final Four, as they all deserve, um, man, TCU, maybe, maybe get the kickoff, take the ball first, try to get up a lead. Because I, I just see a ton of, like, Blake Corum and Michigan run, run, run to death, and TCU's going to be like, oh, Well, it won't be hard. Corum, because he's not playing. But, yeah. Okay, I, so, okay, Corum's not healthy enough to come back? Okay. No, he's done for the season. Oh, okay, got you. But, it's a, right. I mean, Edwards looked pretty good. I, I think people kind of sleep on TCU's ability to run the ball, though. So, I mean, can That's they fair. do some, you know, because I'm looking at it right now. They average 200 yards a, a game rushing. And the combo of Miller and the quarterback, they run a lot, actually. Uh, but you're right. Can they stop anybody? They give up 100, basically 150 yards a game on the ground. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a whole lot. And 25 in general. They, you know, they score, actually, they're basically the same, 40.3, 40.1, but 25 points. Now, you could say they face more explosive offenses. That's fair. But last I checked, Ohio State was a pretty explosive offense. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that, that's true, Beyond brother, yes. their own team, who had a better offense in the Big 12 than Ohio State, both mm-hmm. statistically and who's on the field. 
throwing the ball and catching the ball. Yeah. Um, but that would be key for them is to run the – to do what you just said. I think that's a perfect way to break it down, 12 or 13 plays, 10 of them are run. You know, it would be nice to mix that up to keep that um, bulldozer wrecking crew off the off the field, the, that offense uh, of Michigan, which, you know, it may be uh, uh, the San Antonio Spurs and Detroit uh, Pistons uh, of the, the, the 2000s as far as watching it. It may not look pretty, but it's effective. Well, on that note, uh, I, I, we have a lot of good games going on. Besides, just just don't watch the Iowa-Kentucky expect to see a shootout. <laughs> I think we talked about a lot of great games tonight, but that one, if you're going to watch it and you're going to expect a lot of points or some fun, just re- re- reset your expectations. because Let's check out the punter transfer portal, too, <laughs> yeah. in those two games. Do they, do they lose the backup punter? Do they have their punter right now? I mean, I'd assume I wouldn't go anywhere if I was a punter because if you're trying to impress scouts, that's the game for you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, any, any last notes, brother? No, sir. I just want my Golden Gophers, who had a good recruiting year, to uh, get to nine wins again, baby. Hey, hoorah. And, uh, well, speaking of, uh, again, we we mentioned Purdue. I saw Aiden O'Connell. Their their um their quarterback is out. He's looking for the NFL uh, draft stock. So maybe that explains why they're a fourteen and a half point dog to LSU. So again, if you're gonna bet bowl games or you're curious about what your team's doing, just Google the injury report and it'll say if a guy's in or out because there are a lot of different options for many players, many teams for various reasons. So on that note, um, Chris and I'll be back next week. We'll be breaking down um the matchup for the championship in 20 in our first 2023 college ball show podcast for next week. So until then have a safe and fun new year's. Hopefully your team's going some bowl games. Hopefully you can win some money with us and we'll be out tonight. Have a good one. Peace.